0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 700 and flipping 50. That feels like a milestone. I don't think... It's not a number that one normally celebrates, but I have to say it's, it feels like a big one. And I want to say massive thank you to uh, Azzy Head, who sent us uh, a little case of... Uh, Belgian Ales. Uh, feel free to uh, follow follow suit. I'm a big fan of Belgian Ales. I've never tried some of these, but it says, Congratulations, Sonic State, with episode 750. It's been a beacon of information and entertainment, uh, pioneers in the live broadcasting and internet before YouTube has even existed. Oh, that's very kind. It's also been a place for people to connect, laugh, allow friendship and collaboration to form and inspire others. It means so much to many. Thank you. Nick, Andy, and the entire team from Burt. Well, Burt, that is ever so kind. Really, really um, much appreciated and a lovely kind of way to... Mid, middle of the week, because uh, obviously at the weekend we did our Sonic State EMOM, uh, which was the second one. Went really well. want to thank all the performers and all the crew, and Andy as well, to uh, for all the work we put in to get it going. It was extremely tiring, so I might be putting a canvas out for people in the area to, who want to get into this sort of thing to come and give us a hand next time, because literally... By the time the show started, I was brainless, uh, which is not a good place to be when you're operating the um, uh, all of that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, but before I um, introduce our guests, I'll do our general uh, housekeeping. want to say uh, please feel free to join us on Patreon and I'll have a, another message, well, from me. Hey, have you considered joining us on our Patreon? We've got a whole bunch of stuff there. In fact, there's quite a lot of extra content going to be coming up from our recent EMOM, as well as uh, the Backstage Tour, which I've already posted up. Uh, I know many of you are interested in that. We've got uh, Sequential Trigon Extra Sounds. We've got some sample sets from uh, previous reviews. All our stuff that goes up to YouTube is also posted ad-free, so you don't have to look at the ads, and that's at a basic level as well. So if you want to join us, uh, just head over to, Sonic's, uh, to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash sonic state you can join us at 250 a month for the ad free stuff if you want to join us at the upper tier 550 a month an absolute bargain and you'll also get all that extra stuff and if you join us before the end of the show your name will appear in the end credits thanks for listening back to the show And here I am again. Although i seemed... The only problem is when I record that, it gets double compressed. So you end up with... uh, I get double... I can't remember what we use. It's Neutron, I think, we use. Or is it uh, Ozone? I think it's Neutron we use, um, which is a great uh, channel, actually. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, which I will mention a little bit later on as well. So let's get on to our guests. We've actually, to celebrate this, we've got the return of uh, uh, three favourites. We haven't seen them for such a long time. If you don't mind, I'm going to start over in... uh, the Brighton area, the South Coast, with uh, Mr. Steve Hillier. Uh, SteveHillier.net of course, Steve. Uh, big history DJ, producer, songwriter, educator, all of those things. How are you, Steve? Are you well? It's lovely to see you.
1: Yeah, hi. Um, thank you. It's it's great to be back. It's It's I was looking at my diary and I couldn't find the entry for the last time that I was on the show. So that's uh, that sort of gives you an indicator of how long I've been away. But, um, but it's great to be back and it's nice to be uh, in this room for the first time. Uh, we moved about a year ago and it's taken about this much time to get this room suitable for people. Writing music and playing with keyboards, and you know, having just a really nice time. So, uh, yeah, really pleased to be, be, to be here, and congratulations on seven hundred and fifty shows. Seven fifty, yeah, yeah. Well, it's in fact,
0: in fact, your room it looks very, very similar to the. Is that one of the reasons you bought the house? Because it looked it just it literally because the windows in the same place, your synths are roughly in the same place. I think maybe it's yeah. I think you were up. Well, I think is, the ceiling might be higher, perhaps. I don't. I'm trying to work it yeah, out.
1: Yeah, see, th- this is one of the things about uh, Brighton. The architecture is very interesting, and there was a whole load of thing uh, houses that were built around uh, 1895. So our previous place was built in, sorry, built in 80, sorry, 95. This one was built in 93. So there's a whole load of design similarities. But uh, you know, very mm. lucky to live in this part of the world.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, it's, uh, it's supposed to be one of the most popular cities in the UK at the moment. I believe if I if I if I remember correctly, I'm sure I read that somewhere in some some uh, uh, survey or something. So, yeah, nice.
1: Well, I, yeah, it's I, I mean, I'd recommend it to everybody. I mean, I was just I was thinking this morning, I was I was having the most peak Brighton kind of day. I got up and I went for a run along the seafront. Then I went to our own PR company to work with AI for three hours. Then I went to the Buddhist center to practice <laughs> meditating. Then I went to a vegan cafe for lunch, and now I've come wow. here to do a podcast. It's absolutely, <laughs> come, on, come come down to Brighton, everyone. You too could live like this. Excellent. You haven't even got a beard and a man
0: bag. Well, you may have a man bag, but you you haven't got a beard. So uh, that are that- oh, no,
1: <laughs> not fully- i keep the bag secret. <laughs>
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, (laughs) lovely to have you. Uh, Also, um... Really nice to see Mr. Mark Tinley back again. We haven't seen you for such a long time, Mark. Of course, uh, previous owner. I think the the Sonas Mega Shop in Glastonbury is is no more, or is on hold for the time being. Uh, you, of course, we saw you at uh, EMOM. You came with your lovely wife, which is really so. It's really nice to see you. We've had a double dose of Tinley today, uh, this week, which is, <laughs> is a real pleasure. <laughs> double dose. I've been, but it's okay. I've
2: been inoculated. How are you, Mark? Are you okay? I'm all right, actually. Yeah, I am all right. Um, I have closed the shop. I've put it all in storage. I've got about 400 guitars in storage, which I have absolutely no idea what to do with and haven't decided yet. Um, as I don't know if some people know that my wife has been ill, so she had colon cancer and they removed a big Ouch. chunk of her bowel and then it moved to her liver and they they resectioned her liver, but she seems to be on the mend. Um so maybe I did the wrong thing. I'm not sure. Maybe I should have carried on running the shop, but uh, I I want to keep my options open and myself free for a bit and then we'll see where it goes after that. So I might reopen the shop. I might buy a uh, a smaller, more specialist shop because I I think I tried to please everybody every, every time someone asked for something. I was like, "Oh yeah, 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 I can get that. I can do that." I have learned a lot about things like violins and flutes and clarinets and stuff that I'd never even considered before, which is useful. But um, I, I definitely want to like narrow it back down to specialist electronics yeah. and weird, weird, and wonderful guitars. So, that yeah, sounds but, like
0: a great that sounds like a great plan. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, all the best to, to G. I did meet her and uh, and she seemed well, so that's great. I'm really glad. Yeah, to Yeah, she's, she's she's, on the she's doing that's all right fantastic. actually. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I am glad to hear that. Um, I've also got Mr. Charles Chickie. Charles Chick. There's the button I'm supposed to press. Charles Chickie Reeves, chickieandcoco dot com. Who's there? Uh, You're just back off the road where you've been doing front of house, I guess, which is what you you kind of do a a lot of. Has that been in the US or the which? Yeah. Okay. We
3: started. We started in LA and worked our way down the West Coast of mexico it was uh, a festival on a cruise ship and wow. it was a, it was it was really i was there with robbie broneman and uh and i'm sure other people who've probably been on the show before um yeah so we did is howard jones show and we got it was a mad dash to get out there and we got there we quickly Set up for a show the very first day, like as we left LA. We did a show right after we left Doc and then uh, another show later in the evening and then we did nothing wow for eight days. <laughs> except wow. except except work on our tans and and oh that's go, so and watch watch a lot of other bands. Yeah, it was us and Devo and uh Niger and Kim Wilde and uh, a bunch of American acts that were not so popular in the UK during the eighties, but they were big in the states. So yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. But I just got back, so it's it's nice to nice to be back on. Yeah. I, I don't have my sea but, legs on anymore, so it's good to be back. No, on dry land.
0: that takes. I'm I'm curious to know because I mean it's like that, that. You know, having just done a show out of here, I mean, where we could just drive back and you know, oh, oh shoot, I forgot. You know the the thing that I need. On a boat, you're pretty much, you've, you've got to be absolutely sure you've got your your packing li- list absolutely down and everything. And I guess, yeah. ev- I mean, what about data? Because, I mean, can you, I, I, I know you can get internet, but could you access things if you needed to? I mean, that sounds like you have Not to easily. Plan real hard. It,
1: it
3: was very expensive. It's about $200 to have Wi-Fi access. And, uh, and it was very spotty. Like I, I, I was trying yeah. to download because I, 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 I'm, a, you know, you and I have conversed about this, uh, the Portatron thing. I'm really a big fan of that. And I was trying to download a copy of that onto my laptop, and it's not a huge file. And I think I spent almost two days trying to download that onto my laptop. <laughs> it was just terrible. Old school, terrible. It, yeah, it was like a dial-up. It wasn't wasn't much better. Although I was able to stream some shows, so that was. Yeah, it's strange, but yeah. So uh, it wasn't great internet, but it was uh, it was a great time, and I, I think I needed the sunshine. It, it's it's quite sunny here in New York. I'm in New York now, so um, it's quite sunny here in New York in the winter time. But uh, it was really cold, and so I, I needed a bit of a break, and that was exactly right. And we're not doing anything for a while. So um, the next we're next going to uh, Japan, Canada, and then doing a big UK tour that's at the nice. end of summer so oh uh, well so that's maybe what's we'll uh,
0: we'll get to Maybe we'll get to see you in person. That would be nice. I I should actually do another bit of housekeeping, which is uh, don't forget to check out the uh, Trigon 6 review. Uh, We did a twos up with uh, Chris from Battery Operated Orchestra. Gosh, that's hard to say fast. I'm getting worse at it as well. Uh, And uh, don't forget the the our EMOM is live. We've got the whole four hours and nine minutes up there. And it was actually a pretty slick show because Andy shot a load of interviews. So we played. What we do is we had these 10-minute changeovers. But what happened was I'd come on Mm -hmm. just after the last act at finished and do a bit of chit chat and then we play a video which was an interview with the artist that was about to come on uh, and play a little message from our sponsors thank you Arturia and then we go so there was very little dead air whereas last time there was quite a lot of downtime so it worked really well I'm very pleased about that but we're going to be uploading all of the individual sets um, to YouTube with the post-match interview and there are longer form interviews which we'll put up on uh, patreon for our uh, our users and we may well put together some wav files and stuff for those as well so do check keep an eye on the patreon if you're a member and if not then consider it because i've got a plug you know things being as they are. Uh, So, right, well, we've got topics this week, so uh, let's see where we are first. I'm just going to flip through the first one. Uh, I guess this is kind of one, seeing as we've just been talking about the 80s, it feels like an almost impossible-to-ignore segue that I can put in there without being too cheesy. So I'm going to play that first. So let's have a look and see what what we're talking about here. (coughs) Yep, Cherry Audio's Mercury 6... 40 years old today or this year the jupiter six and all the demos are really peak 80s if i may say so <laughs> which is okay but there's more to it than this so jupiter six uh, yeah it's available now uh, it's 69 dollars at the full price but it's actually only 49 at the moment as we know Cherry Audio do some very affordable packages, so they've gone for the full full nine yards. Sounds from Houston Singletree, Drew Schlesinger, James Dyson and James Terrace. Yeah, like I said, a lot of 80s-flavoured demos. Now, I actually have a Jupiter 6, and I think the Jupiter 6, I'm going to make a case for the Jupiter 6 being overshadowed by the jupiter a unnecessarily so i think the jupiter six is a fantastic instrument i don't know how close this is i haven't had time to check it out i mean maybe if i get time between now because i'm actually going to nam as well now which is only in a few weeks time if i get time i'll do a, an ab if that's possible but i don't know what do you think i steve you've got a bunch of polysynths there some of them are roland so it seems only yeah. fair i should come to you first <laughs> what do you think well
1: um uh, I, I'm sort of coming at this from a different angle to you, Nick, because I I've, I had a Jupiter 6 as well for a long time. Um, I bought it at the end of the 90s, uh, and it was a, in perfect condition, 600 pounds. I couldn't believe my luck. And wow. I got it home, and I love the feel of it. I could, the keyboard felt really good. It was very heavy, of course. Um, mm. But the sound of it, it just never works for me. and. I couldn't really work out what the problem was um, until I just kind of realized, you know, that if if I'm going to have, what what was it, something like 20 kilograms worth of analog synth in my uh, little studio, it was going to have to do a lot of analog heavy lifting, if you know what I mean but the sounds yeah. I was getting back were really, I don't know, If you, all you had to do was just move the resonance slider on the filter just a little bit, and the sound of the resonant filter would just overwhelm any other kind of nuance that I was getting within the sound. So I did that terrible thing, I suppose, of um, retiring it from my studio and sticking it up on a set of shelves in my lounge because I, I love the look of it, but I didn't yeah, really get a on with the sound. Um, having said all of that, um, I did make a whole load of recordings of it. I got a uh, quite an extensive sample set from it, and I did a little bit of A Bing with the Cherry Audio emulation, and yeah, it, it's it's pretty good if you like that. Uh, 80 sound that they've uh, captured really uh, successfully in their demos, then I think this plugin's going to give it to you. Um, In terms of the original synth, uh, I I don't know, man. It just wasn't (gasps) for me. I sold it, I should tell everyone, I sold it um, about five years ago for two and a half grand. And I'm, wow. I'm kicking myself now because I, I miss looking at it. Plus also, I think they go for about 10 now, don't they? Something like that. Do that? There we wow.
0: Are. Okay. I'm I'm going to go, because I bought a new set of knobs for mine uh, because I lost a fader cap and I bought a new set. So I'm going to recap it. And then uh, I might look at that because I was always thinking I keep hold of this. I don't use it very often because here, you know, it's like it has to go on a shelf. It's not, I can't put it out everywhere. But I have to say, whenever I bring it out and I brought it out for a Friday synth jam, you know, and it's... Even you know, given the the resonance issues you talked about, just those oscillators. When you bring them up against you know a lot of other synths that were coming out at the time, you just go, "Crikey, yeah, what, what?" I have to recalibrate my assessment of other synths when I listen to something like that again. I don't know. Um, yeah, Mark, you probably spent a bunch of time around Jupiter Age because of the work you did with Duran uh, and Nick Rhodes. Yep. I mean, so, and he, did he have a six?
2: He had a six as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I prefer mm. it to the Jupiter 8. Uh, my brother also had a 6. I don't know. I think he might still have it, actually. So I, I don't know. I prefer the look of it. And I prefer the way the oscillators hard sync. I don't know if it's different to the Jupiter 8. I never really thought about it that much. I just it, it kind of, it's the Jupiter 6 seems to veer more towards the Juno 6 or Juno 60. It's sort of like somewhere in between those, isn't it? Mm. If I remember rightly. Um, I don't know if it's got... 30, 30 yeah, I don't know. I just... That... I think I liked it better. Definitely. Mm, okay. I haven't um, gone into any depth with this plugin. I haven't downloaded it or really thought about it too much. I do think there was another Jupiter 6 VST uh, made by somebody that gave it away free a while ago, uh, which didn't really sound like a Jupiter 6, if I remember rightly. Um and i'm i don't know i'm i'm not sure about going this retro it doesn't really have any meaning for me i'm more interested in things that um kind of push the curve on synthesis and do something slightly different so i don't Mm. i don't have that many um of these kind of emulations of older things anymore i'm not really using them i've gone back to sampling and uh, sample-based stuff that really manipulates stuff a lot, that's that's kind of more interesting to me at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, no, that's totally fair enough. I think the other thing, um, I think Alex Ball did a video on the Jupiter 6. Uh, I've got to come to you as well, Chicky. I mean, obviously, you're touring with the guy who is Mr. Jupiter 8, or was certainly one of, he had a pair, didn't he? And uh, he was very much uh, into the whole thing. Are you still there? I can't tell if you've reconnected. You look like you've frozen. I don't know if he's still there. That looks... Yep, yeah, I think he's gone. Okay, well, I'll wait for him to come back, and then and then maybe we can ask him. <laughs> I think I agree with you, Mark. I'm, I, it's interesting, though. I hadn't really thought about the, the resonance, but the resonance... I don't think I use the resonance all that much, but it is quite a unique resonance. It doesn't... Yeah, I, I can understand what... You're, I don't know if it's got... I think... Like the... Uh, sorry.
2: I was going to say, I think it's more like a... See, I, the first synth I ever really laid hands on was an SH-101, and the Jupiter 6 seemed more like a big multi-timbral SH-101 than the Jupiter 8 did. I mean, I know the architecture is completely different, but the feel of it was more like programming an SH-101. Like when I first encountered yeah. a Prophet 5, I couldn't make head nor tail of a Prophet 5. It just didn't do anything I expected it to, whereas anything that works a bit like an SH-101... And has that yeah, really peaky, over the top yeah. resonance is is easier for me to program.
1: That's one what thing it looks that I, like uh, one of the things that I uh, did find a use for the Jupiter Six for me with was um, you've got a, a superb unison mode on the original yeah. hardware, yes. and you can play yeah. it monophonically and. If you you could you can just open the filter so you're just getting the raw sound of what would it be 12 oscillators you've got the facility to detune them with just a specific knob mm. if I remember rightly on the front yep, panel it has got a huge and then you've yeah. just got this huge uh weighty uh raw oscillator sound which can be useful in lots of different ways and and I think they've done something like that with the demo of this plugin. Um, it, it really does remind me of that kind of uh, 1983, uh huge kind of sawtooth bass line sound that was. Uh,
0: yeah, it uh, does that beautifully at time. Yeah. And- and some really nice pulse Whip stuff. Uh, just a quick update: Chicky suddenly got no internet, so he's working on it. So we'll uh, we'll just uh, have to have to pedal a bit. Hopefully, he'll be back in time. But Fair play. I, I think what's, I agree. I mean, sorry, go, Mark.
2: What's that synth that's made in Bristol called again? I keep forgetting the name of that's a uh, six voice super six digital. Is it a super six? What's the is it UDO, U-D-O Audio? U-D-O?
0: Yeah, that's right. UDO yeah. Audio Super 6. This, yeah, tw- See, that, six that binaural, seemed... ster- six stereo oscillators. Yeah, it's got, it's got yeah. that vibe. I know I what mean, you're that
2: saying. Th- that thing sounds amazing, but it, that also reminds me of the Jupiter 6 in many ways, as well as being able to do many other things.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I I've sat, I, I, the thing is, I use it so infrequently, and I feel ashamed to. You know, I, I'm not like a, a, a collector, as in, you know, I keep things in pristine condition. It's in a shelf over there, and I occasionally bring it out, but it literally. If I put it in the studio s- slot over there or on the table next to me, that's all I've got room for. That's all it is, you know? And it's nice mm. to have... It doesn't. I think it does need some effects and stuff. I mean, but it's... The, you know, the Jupiter Eight's yeah. kind of like the pro version of that with the the left and right outputs and the splits. You do have a split on the 6 as well, don't you? So you can actually mm. do a unison top voice and a baseline low voice from what I remember. So, yeah, it, it yeah, will do... Uh, for, for,
1: from what I remember, Nick, I think that it, you can split it so that there's... Two notes on the uh, lower part of the keyboard and four on the top, or the other way round, and it's mm. something to do with that. That four and two note configuration is something to do with how the PCBs are configured within the unit itself. It's you know it's like a slightly uh, unusual way to allocate voices, but it sort of makes sense, I suppose, if you're an electronics engineer from the early eighties.
0: Yeah, but that means that what it does mean is that you can have a, a two voice unison bass sound or a pe- arpeggiator yeah. on one side and then uh, a, a four voice pad on the top which is actually more than enough. I mean, six voices is a good uh, is a good number. I mean, obviously the more the ma- the more merrier. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna see if I can make that um, do that comparison because I'm sure people will be interested. In it. And not only that, it's just lovely to. I remember where, uh, Jim uh, from Ear Monkey Music when he came over after Superb uh, a couple of years back. He was playing on the Jupiter Six, and he was getting some. And there were these little points because the resonance is so sharp. You can actually find these. Re- the, it behaves, it, uh, and I agree, it's quite Juno-like in a way. It f- but it's more extreme. You get these kind of resonant points, which just take it to a completely different uh, area. That you just think, "What on earth is that?" And you can, I think, you can cross mod as well uh, one oscillator with another. So you can get you can get a lot of places with it. I, I, I'm I'm showing my lack of. Um, my lack of uh, familiarity with it, which is a shame because I did used to use it quite a lot. Okay, um, well, it doesn't look like Charles is back. So uh, I think what we'll have to do is just get on to... uh, What I'll do, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll play uh, a message from our friends over at uh, Isotel. ozone 10 is the future of mastering the new version includes master assistant match your master to any reference file or files also the stabilizer module in advanced adds clarity with intelligent and adaptive mastering eq also included is the impact module in advanced which enhances the rhythm by controlling microdynamics. don't forget the code sonic 10 at isotope.com forward slash to save an additional 10 percent off any software purchase not including subscriptions and um, once again, we thank them for their continued sponsorship of the show. And in fact, we do, I'm pretty sure we got, yeah, we've got uh, a special landing page, which if you head over to uh, isotope.com forward slash sonic talk, uh, you get information on how to use your code, which will save you 10% off any plugin, even if it's already discounted, which I've uh, I have mentioned before. But it's a great time if you really want to save some... Let's see, is that that Charles just staring? No, he's still... I think his internet just (laughs) dropped out, which is kind of curious. So we're going to have to... uh, We're just going to have to continue on without him for the time being. Uh, Nice to see a bunch of people in the chat room, by the way. Uh, A lot of familiar faces that we saw from uh, the EMOM. Oh, SynthPunk's back for more. Well, here he is. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of the the, uh, Luke Pops Nina review came out. I wonder... um, Let's see what's what. What should we do for a, an, our next topic? There's a whole bunch of stuff here. Uh, we've done that one. Oh, actually, maybe what we should do is uh, hmm, Splice shuts down collaboration because I think uh, me and Mark actually use Splice, Splice when we when we we did, collaborate yeah. on some stuff. So uh, let's 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 have a look at that and see how we go. And maybe Charles will come back. Hold on, somebody's. Uh, sorry, that was uh, that was Charles. He's uh, I think it was a pocket ring. I don't think um, he meant to do that. It's, t- it's usually me that has the massive technical fails, and I'm actually doing okay so far this week, but I better not speak too soon. Um, I was going to press a button, wasn't I? And I can't even remember what it was now, so so perhaps, yeah, here we go. So Splice, uh, basically uh, Splice shuts down its collaboration. This is a story from uh, our our friend over Amidierra, uh, who did the or did the visuals actually on Saturday night. Uh, Splice is shutting down its collaboration thing, which is was sort of like a version control, very simple, um, but kind of useful, where you could just check in a project, uh, download projects, it would sort of render and show interesting stuff like you could see uh, the overview of an Ableton Live project so you could visually sort of see what was going on, add notes. I mean, it's there are a number of places that do this or have done this, but it seems that this is probably not the way that they're going to be making money, Splice. And I think they did take a bunch of... Um, uh, Investment, so obviously they're concentrating on their plug-in rental and uh, the sample packs and all of that stuff. But it seems like a shame, and I'm just wondering whether whether that's going to be missed. I mean, Mark, me and you did actually use this, didn't we? I can We, I, I think we collaborated to try it out, and it was actually quite. It was quite a, a useful way of doing things. I suppose now with more internet, it's not so such a big deal because you just do the assets and, I mean, and was- then send the new copy of oh. the file.
2: I seem to remember it handled integration between different platforms quite well. So if one of you was working in Cubase and someone else was working in Ableton, you could collaborate, which I think is always a problem for people because um, no matter how you export stems, it never sounds the same when you put it in the other end or in my experience. Um, So I thought it handled that quite well, but um, it's something that sat on my computer and I guess i just sort of forgot about it so i guess you need a huge number of musicians who are collaborating in that way all the time really, to make it work don't you
0: yeah there was a i think one of the other things was as well you know these collaboration platforms tend to start in a very broad sense where you just think you know you can you can put your little uh you know beat sketch up there and all these people will get involved and, and just kind of you'll find and this magic thing will happen whereas actually we ended up using it for kind of like oh, I've tweaked the mix here I added this little line here what do you think and then you'd send something back for so on a, on a small scale collaboration it seemed to work quite well but I think perhaps the initial vibe and the initial um, uh, concept it just didn't go that I think they're shutting it down quite soon as well I don't think it's going to be sticking around for long. Um, I know a lot of people use it for sample. I mean, them and uh, Loot Cloud are the two big ones. I don't know about you, uh, uh, Steve, whether or not you've come across Splice. I mean, in education—it's often you know there's, they push it a lot in education, don't they? So I guess it must be a, yeah. on the radar.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've come across—I've worked with a, a handful of people who use it. I, I must admit, it's not really—it's not really my thing because I can make beats, I can program synths, and and it's not really sort of a, a been something for me. I was just thinking about this. Um, online collaboration functionality and I I remember trying it out when it first started and and it worked perfectly fine but I shied away from it because I'm a bit of a a computer and internet veteran and I've spent so much of my life getting uh, collaboration, synchronization to work on other non-music-related platforms like Office 365, which is is a world of pain. Uh, You know, when it works, it's amazing, but when it works. And so I just sort of felt like um, the idea of doing anything uh, more sophisticated than swapping files on Dropbox when it came to collaboration, it just wasn't going to be the thing for me. And I do wonder... I, I'm it's not clear to me I did see this new story it's not clear to me why it is that they're pulling this functionality I wonder whether it's resource heavy at their end and therefore mm. uh, expensive to run I don't know Nick I
0: could imagine. I mean, I think the thing is also what's happened is, you know, we've had a much bigger upswing, you know, everybody does cloud storage now. So you've got, you've got Amazon S3, you've got Google Cloud, you've got all of the, you know, Google Drive. It's much easier just to kind of go, oh, I'll share this folder. And you can, I mean, I you know Yoad works basically out of dropbox i mean he's got a very fast connection so his drive is always with him essentially so what he has access to everything all his projects are kind of available to himself wherever he is or and the granularity wants and i suppose the issue is really you know how, how how much do we need that this integration i suppose version control with music stuff I mean, we all have our own file naming things, you know, we would, we, you know, if we're working in the same DAW, once you have the basic stems, you know, if there's a big multi-track involved, then if you do any overdubs, you've just got to send the new stuff and send an updated document. So it's no, gr- it's not the, the hardest thing in the world. And I suppose having a, a fixed framework in how that is managed may not entirely suit the way you work. So it's kind of one of those, This this is a great idea, but You know, I can understand why people would want to do it in their own way rather than in the way that they that they are kind of pushing you towards. So that's that's possibly it. Yeah, and I I don't know why they shut down. uh,
1: I I suppose also if you're uh, collaborating with a variety of different people, like songwriters tend to do. What tends to happen is that you you might start off at the the beginning of the year or the beginning of a career where you've got a room full of people all using 10 different platforms with compatibility issues. But come the end of the album or the end of the the year, everyone's using just the simplest thing they can find. And much like you said about Yoad, for me, that's tended to be Dropbox, which is fast and, and basically works, you know.
0: It does. There have been some issues with it recently though, haven't there? There wasn't there kind of that, there was some, uh, certainly on OSX, latest version of OSX where things weren't quite as, yeah. Uh, well, we use Google, was... I mean, what we do here was we use Google Drive. So we just basically, like this show yeah. is recorded to Google Drive. And then at the end of it, I go over to that machine over there and I just download the WAV file. Mm-hmm. I edit the podcast out of it and it's all accessible on all my machines. So it's really, really easy. But uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, you were going to say.
1: Uh, yeah you know, I, I I used g drive quite a bit here as well for for other bits and pieces I think one of the problems that Dropbox had was that they didn't have a um m1 compatible not not compatible m1 oh, yeah. native client. and so it was running um the client on the Mac was running uh through the uh, emulation layer, uh, I can't remember the name of it, um, but it meant it was taking up a huge amount of resources. I remember looking um, when I got my first M1 laptop, looking at the amount of memory that Dropbox was using, and it was taking uh, what seemed to be at least seventy percent of what was available wow. uh, on the computer. That's not good. I don't want that. Just to synchronise files no. that I'm not going to look at for a week. Why? So um, why couldn't? Yeah.
2: Why couldn't they write an M1 app? I mean, what What? Well, they probably have. There, I mean, they just, just they, hadn't Yeah, They probably have now, right? Yeah. I, I yeah, just yeah. use iCloud. I find iCloud yeah, but incredibly useful because yeah. I chuck stuff back and forth between my f- phone and my computer and just it's my files so. with me.
0: yeah Yeah. it's it's ios specific so mac i mean i don't use iCloud we have because we we have a google corporate account or you know a business whatever it is g suite which means that we've got loads of shared storage so i can just move massive amounts of files around and it's really not a problem so yeah i think that's possibly it it just feels like maybe
2: that's cross-compatible as well though isn't it so you can use it with a mac or a pc and
0: or does a good job of it yeah yeah
2: yeah exactly (laughs) That's one thing. That
0: anyway, I mean, perhaps not a big story, but uh, for those of you who <laughs> perhaps are you still using that service, a pretty massive story. I'm guessing uh, um, uh, Chicky has probably not been able to uh, solve his internet problems as yet. So we'll uh, we'll continue moving on. What I'll do is I'll uh, I'll just uh, pray uh, play, play a message from our friends over at Baby Audio as well because uh, we have a message for them. Baby Audio makes creative effects plugins designed to add color and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music Magazine and were nominated for the SOS Awards two years in a row. Why not check out Smooth Operator, a resonance suppression, equalization, and compression plugin that automatically eliminates resonances and muddiness. Allows you to shape your track's tonal response while the plugin automatically eliminates resonances in the background. Get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Baby Audio, for support of the podcast. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it, I, I've, I've mentioned this before, but our supporters are very, it's it's very important now. Advertising is much harder to come by as everything's become kind of ring-fenced by Spotify and everybody's trying to grab the podcasting market. These things make a difference, I must say. So anyway, um, okay, right, uh, let's see where we'll go to... Can I, I can can just say go something? To... Oh, yeah, go, go, can... Mark.
2: So I just started making music again and I've, um, I've been running a music shop for seven years, so I've not really paid much attention to what's going on with plugins and stuff. And I've thought, oh, I need this and I need that. So I got uh, updated my Waves account and all that sort of stuff. I've never heard of baby audio, and I went on um, Plugin Boutique, and I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of plugins and virtual instruments and just the stuff that's out there. It's like there's... Ten million of everything, and uh, I don't know yeah. where to start. So um, I know what you
0: mean. It's amazing. That sounded
2: really useful, though. The 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 thing that finds resonances and removes them. Um, yeah, yeah well
0: then and, there's there's there are a number of things that do the same thing but they do, they have a, a whole bunch of fact i was going to actually plug their iheart new york to uh uh new york uh, new york style compressor which is a great effects compressor as well which is great for for beats and stuff yeah
1: and, like, and about to i, I must just jump in here as well i must just jump in here as well i use the baby audio plugins on everything i do uh these days and the super vhs uh sort of it, it's like a sort of tape emulation uh plug but it, it does more than that what i use it for is um it can create a, a sense of wow you know like when a tape is playing um at the wrong speed and it sort of oscillates between uh, different speeds it's just really useful a uh, way of adding extra movement into uh oh, interesting a, a sound and right. yeah it's it's when really I, lovely I, and uh i was oh
2: sorry I was recording something last night and I got to the end of it and I was thinking I might just put a bit of a mastering plugin on it to see what happens. And I put the isotope neuron. I think it is neutron neuron. I clicked it on and it said mix assistant. So I pressed that button and the whole thing just came to life. It was amazing. <laughs> it turned it from a demo into a, what sounded like a record. And then I was like, mm, I wonder if that's, it sounded so different to me. <laughs> and then I played it this morning and it's just amazing. It's just, I I can't say enough how massive a transformation it made to my track and it did it with you know yeah, with well- AI or whatever
0: yeah, well, it's machine learning. It's got because when it started out, it was a little bit fierce, uh, and I think you know as it's been trained and trained and trained and trained, it sort of it, it becomes a little more mellow, so you can dial it back, or it's di- it's of dialed itself back. Okay, um, I want to play this one because this th- this wasn't in the original topic list. I did send it in late, but it looks like a really fascinating thing. So uh, let's uh, let me just play that. Which one is it? It's uh, okay. I have to do it this way. I beg your pardon. So I'm going to have to go. Uh, I've got to press another button and then i press uh that one no it's not so the that crave one, has a new sidekick gosh damn it hold on i'm going to get there in a minute oh, <laughs>
3: Hello, ah, this
2: is there Decimal we go. and today we I want to the about
0: one.
3: It's a brand new sequencer and controller that can connect to a whole bunch of stuff. So it basically comes in two parts. You have the physical controller itself and then a matrix patch analog signal mixer you can route.
0: Okay, this this video is from a chap called uh, Decima, um, and this was sent in as a question, one of the uh, Sonic Talk questions from Mr. Gumby, I, and I saw it and I thought, oh, no, I haven't heard about this, and I just thought, this looks a lot like, do you remember the, um, the, the the panel with the Matrix Brute? And I was saying, somebody should make a product out of that, and it looks like basically what they've done is exactly that. They've essentially taken a 16 by 16 audio matrix and combined it with a kind of a step sequencer style uh, interface. Face so not only do you they have routing and mixing and modulation but you've got uh, io you've got three midi action it's currently on a sort of pre-order thing and it, i mean it, it does look quite big which is a little bit uh, um maybe one thing that i yeah, might be a problematic, but perfect for for uh, controlling a whole bunch of stuff. I know, Steve. Did, have you got any um, of the matrix stuff with you? Do you remember the, that that sort of the the simple way mm. you press the matrix button and then you dial in what you need? This looks very interesting. It, um, one, could yeah, even say um, game changing? Uh,
1: uh, well, we all need our game changing, don't we? Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I I I have used a, a matrix brute. And the uh, the sort of grid setup there is really interesting. It's very uh, tactile, and um, although I, d- I don't actually have a, a matrix brute here, I think that that way of getting a whole load of uh, what otherwise would be sort of like modular connectivity um, uh, on a synth of, of that nature was was really good. It's not quite clear to me though, Nick, what what this um, machine is doing. Uh, did you well, say it's a sequencer? Yeah, so it will... Sequ- uh, if I bring this up here, so
0: it's basically... So you've got that grid matrix, which can do a sequence. You can also draw draw in LFO uh, modulators for CV control. So you have CV coming out of it. Uh, it's, there's a separate hardware rack that you plug in, um, and it controls the I.O. of that. It also uh, connects. It has MIDI. It's got a polyphonic sequencer. Uh, it, you know, so it will... Not only will it route yeah. audio, you can switch certain steps, so you can have it do that on step sequence basis. But it will also just do regular step step sequencing, a MIDI or an of MIDI and of CV. So it can be the heart of a system. What I was because re- I, I was literally about to go, okay, I need this because I thought it had. Some slight DSP mixer functions as well, and I just thought that's it. I'm buying that. That is absolutely. And then I realised it didn't. It didn't. It just rooted, which is still very useful, but just wasn't quite. But yeah. I mean, they're currently doing a deal on uh, if you pre-order. I think it's about a thousand bucks, which seems when you've got the hardware and the software, the the two hardware bits, the interface and the the, the surface itself doesn't seem outrageously expensive. It will go up to about sixteen ninety nine when it's um, when it's final price. I'm not sure when it's coming, but that. So that's what it does. You know- it's more it, it's, for routing routing and
1: sequencing so it's like a hub of a modular system maybe it, it well it, it it looks kind of fascinating and uh as someone who's spent i don't know most of the previous 10 years just working with software and computers and now going through a sort of hardware phase as you can see i'm um, i'm really I, I I I do think anything that brings back that kind of tactile um uh, interface between the, the the person and the technology, I think it, it's, it's really helpful. I think it takes you to new places with creativity and in your imagination, which just somehow it's just not the same with a computer and a screen, you know, um, and I say that as a computer guy. So this looks really, uh, it looks really very interesting, actually.
0: Yeah, I don't know when it's going to be coming out. And Mark, I don't know if you got a chance to check this out. I know it was a late edition, but I thought I would throw oh. it in there just because it, I can't believe I hadn't heard oh. about it yet.
2: What's really weird about this is that I use Ableton Push, and I've been it's, I've been using it for quite a few years, and only really realised that if you put it in fourths and chromatic mode, that the pads become the fingerboard layout of the lowest four strings on a guitar. And uh, I was thinking to myself, it's just yeah. not wide enough because it's only got eight going left to right. So I've only got I once I get above the B chord, I think. No, the A chord actually. Once I get above A Whoa, sharp, this is. And I run out. Today I want to talk. Oh, he's off.
0: Oh, no, no, it's all right. That's <laughs> good.
2: <laughs> but so once I get above A sharp, I, if I transpose it, it doesn't transpose to where I'm expecting it to. It goes up an octave. So I was thinking, I need something wider. So I probably wouldn't use it for what it's been designed for. But you, but, but then I get this email from you saying another show topic. And I'm like, hang on, that's got 16 going across. I want something with six going up and 16 going across that I can control things with. But presumably you mm. could program this so it just sent note information could you as well as using I assume so
0: yeah I think it's got three MIDI out so it will it will also uh, do all of that I know it it looks really interesting I'm kind of looking forward to maybe finding out more about that and I'm sure we will but uh, it's something that I'd missed uh, and um, thanks very much to Mr Gumby for uh, showing uh, bringing that to my attention so yeah we'll keep an eye on it for sure it does look kind of interesting Um, that's that's true okay um, let's see where's going next I I I knew I would mess it up I've got this really fancy way of uh, switching topics, which I haven't obviously figured out how to use yet, which is uh, my own stupid fault. Um, let's see, AI beat making. Yeah, you wanted to talk about that, didn't you? That, so there was an article. I mean, this is very much of the moment, and I think I think the, the, this link came from ages ago. I think there are now things that will do AI beat making, and I think one one thing that's quite interesting uh, of this. If I just, I'll press that. I'll make the topic go. So I'll play play the actual topic. Is this the future of we We spoke to a developer on the subject. This is a music radar. Oh, a music radar. Um. Uh. Oh God, it's good. Well, anyway, it's a music radar. If I press that, then you'll get the link to it and you can read it yourself. Um, but one thing that really came up for me is is the way that AI. You know, everybody's freaking out about AI at the moment. We've got Chat GPT and all these things, and in many ways, it's being Misdescribed. I don't think it is a lot of this stuff is actually AI at all. What it is is algorithmic uh, um, data processing of extremely large data sets. AI would be able to AI, as I understand it, is something that can have. It's not quite sentient, but it is able to to configure itself based on the parameters that its environment is in. The AI that we're seeing, things like Chat GPT and whatnot, are are massive data sets that were from maybe 2021 which is why it's so factually incorrect all the time because it's just looking at this This is not a continuously updated data set to update the data set to make chat gpt refer to things that just happened yesterday would be so so expensive because it's got a, it's got to kind of scour the world for all this stuff and teach itself so these are very different things but having said that you know that the, the, the idea of machine learning and algorithmic help is really important and i'll come to you first actually steve because you were saying you were talking about you know work. With AI stuff in your other job, and I was thinking, well, you probably know a lot more about it than I do. I think my sort of fumbling efforts to describe or missed the way it's misdescribed perhaps is uh, Um, part of it.
1: No, 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 Nick, you got me thinking, and uh, I I think you've made a really important point there about this being um, like a what feels like a static algorithm that benefits from a huge data set uh, to to pick, stick stuff from. what I was using uh AI for earlier today is um for image generation um I I mainly use two different uh platforms there's dal e which I'm sure most people have heard of and there's mid Journey, yeah. um which yeah. is absolutely they're both extraordinary actually um and of course once you use these image generation uh services for a while actually not for very long at all, you start to notice their limitations very quickly. So, for example, um, Mid Journey, which makes that fantastic-looking artwork, seems to have a a problem with hands and fingers. It also has a problem- And keyboards. uh, Duplicate- (laughs) And keyboards, yeah, yeah, that's right. And legs, (laughs) and uh, people's faces and dogs. You know, it's got- There are some inherent limitations to what it can do on March the 15th, 2023. Uh, But I think that where a lot of people have been uh, freaking out and kind of, I I think, missing the point of the AI AI stuff that we have right now is that at the moment, they're not really human replacements, not, uh, not at a professional level. Anyway, so uh, you can you can generate something really uh, incredible looking in mid-journey, but if you were to ever, you, you can't put it out there in a professional sphere without adjusting the colors a little bit in Photoshop, looking for replications within the image, looking for errors, all that kind of thing, which is not a criticism of mid-journey because uh, it's incredible. It's just we're seeing that there's a limitation to what it can do at this moment, same with ChatGPT. Yeah. I had a, a long uh, conversation with a journalist friend of mine who was explaining that although ChatGPT is very good at generating simple text and, and bad lyrics for uh, work for songs, it, it it's not mo- it's not pro- pro- uh, generating what we call motivated text. It's giving a sort of very anodyne, very professional, almost like politically, I don't want to use politically correct, but politically anodyne kind of... Focus um, grouped. ...version of data. Yeah, 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 Yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's right. Whereas if you were to go to a a human being um, to ask, you know, what is the history of uh, architecture in Brighton? That human being would inevitably put in their own biases. They'd use um, uh, language that would imply uh, their own excitement or whatever, which you're not getting from these AIs at the moment. Now, putting that over to music, I think what this means is is that, at least for the foreseeable future, um, what we need to be doing with these AIs is not relying on them entirely to do things, or even to be thinking that they're going to replace humans. Instead, they are a new set of tools that do a few things so incredibly well that their results become rather... Uh, vivid, if you know what I mean. The the, the, the spectacular nature, for example, of the images from Midjourney distract from the fact that they're mainly incomplete, if you know what I mean. And I think it's a similar kind of thing in the music world, um, in the sense that you can generate uh, some amazing sounding beats with um, uh, some of the AI beat generators, but that doesn't give you a completed track. And that's where yeah. the human being input is still uh, required. And, and, but I have to keep uh, throwing in this caveat, it's required on March the 15th, 2023. Who knows where we're going to be by then, even the end of this year?
0: I would agree. I'd just like to at this point out, um, before we go to Charles, because he's, he's arrived back. <laughs> Whey, he's made it. Hey. I hate to think what's been going on at your house for the last half an hour. It must have been very stressful. Oh. But um, we actually, um, we've got the Discord, uh, which I think if I throw it here, you can get to our Discord like that. Uh, and I, what I've done is I've created a, a channel in there, which has got a mid-journey bot. So rather than have to sign up and you know get an account, you can just basically type imagine... Nick Bat on a beach with a synthesizer, for instance, or anything like that. And uh, Wagyu and uh, Steve Elbows have just been going crazy in there. There's some amazing stuff. And I, I'm thinking, uh, so if you want to try it out and you've never really What's had the, the opportunity you get, you want to sign yeah. up, It's this this Discord. uh, It's Sonic Bitly slash Sonic Discord. Will get you to the thing. And there's there's a um, a journey art or an AI art channel which you could go in there and you can type the type the instructions in there. People will help you out. It's actually quite good fun. Um, um, Sorry to uh, I was going to come to you, Mark, but I think um, Charles, you're back. Phew, (laughs) thank goodness. Uh, We left you we left you at the Jupiter Six, which I was going to go. We could quickly go back to that because I was going. I I, actually I came to you saying you. with a guy who was you know miss Tuma had two jupiter eights so does the jupiter yes. six figure and you're working with some of the on these sort of 80s themed uh, this 80s themed tour is there any of that stuff in your world or is this it, it was it is it the very much the forgotten synthesizer
3: no uh there's not live the stuff's not live, uh, because it's just too heavy and yeah. finicky, and you know our our whole tour rig we can actually do as excess luggage, including front of house rack. And uh, I know my focus is going in and out. and I'm trying to trying to solve it by not wearing my I glasses. Know <laughs> it, <yeah. laughs> it's a day. It's one of those days. Um, but yeah, live wise, um, it's pretty rare to see. Uh, anything like a Jupiter six or Jupiter eight uh, but that said in howard's studio you know he he has uh has he got a six no he doesn't ah, have a six he has okay. an eight ah. yeah um and i had a six back in the day and i i liked it i liked it pretty much but i don't have it anymore which shows how i mean i yeah yeah, uh, there there are a few things I got rid of. Like actually, I just bought. It hasn't arrived yet. I just bought an Akai AX80, um, because wow. I I had that one of knows. those. I loved it. Yeah, I had one of those. I loved it, and then I just changed my tune, so to speak, and um, now I want one again. So I, so I bought one. Um, but yeah, the, I think it might be that way with the with the Jupiter Six. I don't know. Gosh, yeah, I, I I, wasn't, I had a hard time getting it to work in tracks. And also, uh, interesting. That, okay. that, that said, I'm also, I know it's very strange because I, I have a lot of keyboards. I'm really into synths. The one thing I don't like synths about synths is I don't like resonance. I just, I, I never use, make sounds using resonance, unless I'm using the resonance to make a bass sound. But yeah, I'm just, it's just something I'm just not into. Uh, and I, I don't know why. Well, fair enough. Yeah, I just, I like, I like really it's because dull you, have sounds, like you have an
0: uncontrollable, you um, have an uncontrollable um, urge to do filter mouth any time you use resonance, and you have got you've, you're just trying to. Yeah, I found out <laughs> I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. And, uh, I was, ta- I was talking about the Jupiter six resonance. It's very different. It's actually you can find fixed points in it, which are really interesting. That are, are very different from many other kinds of resonance. So um but yeah, yeah i get your point that's totally
3: yeah but you know it, it's a great it's a great little polysynth uh i have i have quite a few poly uh, analog polysynths and uh you know i, I just can't see her to burning He's a witch Oh, that's pretty funny <laughs> um, yeah i i i don't i don't feel i don't really uh, now that i now that i've got the ax80 coming in what else do you need? You know, I've got Apple. Well, I'll never I know, need to buy yeah. another thing that's, that's until I need to buy another thing. So,
0: Okay. Well, so. I'm going to come back to, I, I'm going to come back to you, Mark, because we were talking about AI and it's interesting how, you know, there's a, there's a sort of uh, misrepresentation of what AI is. We're not, I don't think we, I, I, I don't know what there is that we we actually use or that is being used. That is actually properly AI on any level. It's more, highly trained algorithms on data sets, massive data sets that are static. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like, could could you imagine it's, we've talked about this before. It's almost like the kind of Microsoft paperclip, isn't it? It's like that you sort of want maybe something like that, that will just go, hey, um, this is doing four on the floor. Maybe, maybe you should try. I've got, I've got a couple of ideas for other parts that would work with that. You know, take them or leave them or, you know, something that's responding to what you're doing now would be AI, I suppose, wouldn't it? And maybe useful in some instances.
2: I mean, I think it worries me in a in a way because it's AI is not going to have a Johnny Rotten, is it? It's it, we, it, we went through the '70s with bands becoming more and more complex and music becoming uh, something that people had to like really, really work at to become proficient, and then punk comes along and completely wipes the floor with it and just badly recorded records. Uh, people who couldn't sing or play guitars, people who definitely couldn't drum, bass players who just stayed on one note and all that sort of stuff, it's never going to do that because it's never going to be trained to do the thing that nobody expects. So it worries me that when I press a button, my mix goes from sounding like a rough demo to a record. But that's only because records sound like that at the moment if so if if we go back into some kind of punk revolution or whatever that happens to be um or any of those major changes that happen in music where some new trend comes along and then then everybody goes in that direction um i mean this whole thing about tuning vocals and stuff everything's so 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 tuned and you listen to stuff like iggy pop from years ago I'll always use him as an example. It doesn't sing in time. It doesn't sing in tune. He sings with amazing human energy and you get this like sensational kind of adrenaline rush from listening to it. Um, It's all, isn't it all going in the direction of all becoming a bit too, like even the, the hard house stuff or the hard, you know, I don't know, EDM and any of that stuff. I mean, they're amazing sounds and they like knock your socks off the first time you hear them, but it's, it's becoming i don't know it's it's becoming generic. like we're going down this narrower and narrower and narrower kind of um mm-hmm. path of creativity where it's it is literally we you know kind of shrinking the keyboard from 88 keys down to 3 um <laughs> it's always it's <laughs> always going to go well you're in the key of i mean it would, uh, like quantizing things to a key nobody's ever going to play a note that's outside of those keys if you use Push in the scale mode. You can always play things that sound great together, but sometimes it's really good to play totally the wrong note in the wrong place and like take the thing into a discord or to whatever. So I don't know. I'm I'm all for. I mean, unless they can program AI to become chaotic and make mistakes. Or I'm in the 1% of people who have ADHD or Asperger's, so I'm chaotic in most situations. But sometimes that's actually an advantage. So I think it's... Yeah, um, I'd agree. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've... that's that's my feelings on it anyway so I
0: I think that and I think that's really valid and I think there is a, a sense that we if we're not careful we get homogeny which we do I mean it, there was a period in the 90s where every single indie slash Nirvana slash soft metal band new metal band was done in Pro Tools on uh, Apogee Rosetta converters and the whole thing all sounded exactly the same and it was then put through yeah. the same FM style style kind of uh, fin- m- mastering finish and it just all it all sounded like everything been recorded on sort of chrome cassettes with uh, with
2: dolby <laughs> uh that's
0: well, then dude, everybody yes. used the
2: everyone used saying... the amen loop on everything as well didn't they everything exactly. had the amen loop on it sorry it does sound amazing though
1: <laughs> um i just wanted to, to right. add, uh, add something to this ai conversation which is um that one of the things that i found really helpful with uh mid journey for images and also chat gpt is the kind of serendipity as in um, you can put in a prompt in mid-journey and get back something that seems completely unrelated to what you wanted but it can take you off in a different creative uh, journey so, yeah. that, you know, you're not, you're not just having exactly what you wanted sent back to you. And then w- when you get something that, that was a surprise, then you can sort of do with that how you wish. Similar thing with ChatGPT. Uh, there's been some lonely uh, Tuesday evenings where I've sat there and I've asked it to give me some uh, interesting ideas for songs. And it's come back with, you know, 10 awful ones. But then if you say, right, well, okay, can you make these funnier? And then you go off on a whole load of you know strange yeah. tangents. It's a, it's a bit like um, having your own sort of pocket collaborator. Um, I, I don't mean that in a sort of Stalinist way. I mean you know like a like a, someone you actually would like to have in your pocket. <laughs> um, and just just <laughs> if you know what I mean. One last thing. Um, one, one of the things I was doing earlier today, we were talking about. Um, uh the whether these things are actually intelligent or not I, I'm, I'm not really sure but i took some a whole lot of photographs that i needed to uh prime for uh, publication and there was one or two that where the the cropping of the photograph was wrong and i had to basically get DAL e to generate the, the missing information now that was absolutely fascinating in that it came back there was a there was a, a little bit of a, a cat's ear um that was missing it was cropped out and Dali was able to analyze my photo and just generate what it thinks should have been there and it was perfect now I don't know whether uh, wow. that's intelligent or not. Yeah, um, I don't know whether that's intelligent or not, but it, it, it works. Um, if anyone's interested on in seeing this image, I've just tweeted it. It's um, if you go if you look at Steve Hillier UK on Twitter, that's the image I put up. Now that is um, quite extraordinary, I, and I think when you consider, I mean, that, that wasn't a photograph that was going to be published or anything. But if I needed to recreate that shot, it would have been impossible because cats. Mm. They're not great performers. <laughs> Plus also, <laughs> I would have had to go back to that wall, uh, window and whatever. It, it wasn't really going to work, but but the, the, the I th- uh, I AI... I think the problem is... I'm oh, sorry. Yeah.
2: No, go I ahead. think yeah. the problem is that it is intelligent, though. That is the problem. And that human beings inherently have stupidity and make errors. And it And when they program AI to have chaotic, idiotic ideas then we'll end up with something that has a more human response but i I think as you're still the human having an input with this ai thing making the decision before that anything that you're working on goes out for public consumption or whatever right so there's still a human element there i don't think the ai could do it on its own unless it can be programmed to be as stupid as humans are
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I know, Chicky. i yeah. imagine, right. You get to a you get to a venue. It would be great if there was an AI function. In the desk that goes, Don't worry, I'll put the pink noise up. Tell me where the mics are. I can tune the system. So what do you think of this? You know, that's kind of that would be nice, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, it would be nice. But you know, like relating it even more even more closely to what we're doing here. Um so I taught I taught a course at London Metropolitan uh in songwriting and I remember, so so I taught this course, and we spent about six weeks going through scales and you know all various things about music theory and about song structure and all the all the usual things, and then uh, towards the end I showed them the Captain Beats, Captain Melody, Captain Bass, you know all those Captain plugins, and um, the the collective gasp, you know like like why didn't you show us this first it's like well because i want you to know how to write a song versus you know you put this in and it can come up with something that's pretty good you know and pretty usable um in in as much as it is ai it's it's not really ai but you know um that but the thing is like you know what i think like you know what you were what you guys were talking about earlier with regards to uh, you know, using the Amen break and how a lot of things sound the same. You know, I think of it a bit like when you have these, you know, stars who end up on, say, Cosmopolitan or one of those magazines. Um, well, you think of like someone like very unique looking, I'm mean, specifically women I'm thinking of in this case, very unique looking women like Renee Zellweger or Madonna or Hilary Swank or you know, someone who has a, a very unique look and yet they end up on these magazines done up in all this makeup with a hair a certain way to where i'm like is that hillary swank or is that charlie's Theron or is that some model i've never heard of like it it becomes Mm. kind of hard to tell them all apart because they all have the same type of makeup they all have the same type of hair same type of dress same type of photography and you know that sort of human element the shortcut that we use to get to to beauty you know to whatever beauty is defined in The month that that's published Um, all those shortcuts take away from who this person is as a human being and and i i think i I know it sounds like a bit of a stretch but that's how i feel like about a lot of a lot of how ai gets used because a lot of people don't use it to have some serendipitous moment in which they they find something unique they use it because they're like oh i want to write a song the easy way you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I've, I've yeah. had students write to yeah. me recently even going, you know, what what app can I use to to uh, make up chords for my song? And then I need it to make up a melody and a beat and a bass line. It's like, well, it's not really you're not really writing a song, are you? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. if you want I'm something at, so, else
2: to write it for you. Spot on. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Yeah
1: there is um i i do uh i still do a little bit of uh uh, teaching of songwriting as well and a lot of the discussion is about um ai writing songs and whether uh, my students will have a role from here on and the thing that i say to them that i think is the most important thing for them to be developing these these are uh first year degree students are like 18 19 20 is that even if most of the creative process is automated by ai there's still as charles just said there's going to be a human being at the end of that process who determines whether that result comes out or not that's the song yeah. you hear or not and so i and so the number one thing that the young adults should be concentrating on right now is developing their own sense of taste and Knowing yep. what's right, what's wrong for for them, it's obviously going to be subjective. But if they can if they can do that, then they'll always have a role, in my view.
0: Hmm. Wise words, I'd, I'd spend... right? I want to. I, I, I oh. I'm sorry, mate. I want to I want to uh, drop. The, it's a fascinating topic, and I'm sure we'll come back to it as this becomes more sort of uh, uh, impregnated in our uh, our daily lives. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to have one uh, question from listener just to sort of bring it back to uh, to synths and whatnot and th- that sort of thing. This is uh, from uh, Nick Howes, uh, a very prolific questioner uh, via YouTube. Uh, question of this for next week, but I think he put it in. What keyboard player slash band got you into synths? And I thought that's kind of uh, that would be kind of a nice way to end the show. So uh, um, Charles, was there one? Oops, is there one?
3: There is my focus. Yes. There you are. Um, it was uh, Depeche Mode's Broken Frame, that album specifically. Oh wow! So right. that would be okay. that's what their second album, I think. The second album, and I remember I had a Yamaha CS10, and I was and a, and uh, and a you know plugged it into my stereo, and I remember trying to recreate sounds that I that I had heard, and I bought the CS10 on a on a on a lark, you know, it was just. A, I, I didn't didn't even know what I was buying. I mean, I the next keyboard I bought was a, a Casio CZ five thousand. So yeah, you know, that sort of <laughs> was just sort of all over the place. But <laughs> I remember was, yeah, that yeah, album. Yeah. I, I was trying to recreate, you know, just the the bass sounds and all the all the these monophonic keyboard uh, lines in there. That 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 album didn't stick with me that long. But I remember being kind of obsessed with it for a bit, and then I think the next thing was I started getting into craftwork, and uh, and right. then I was, then it was hooked. So
2: right, nice. Yeah,
3: Mark,
0: what about you? Oh, I, mean, of, I know you were yeah, more well, guitarist kind
2: of... to, for, to begin with, but oh, well, I yeah, uh, I, there was no I, I was a guitarist. I was playing the guitar in bands, and I didn't listen to, I didn't know I listened to music with keyboards in so i'd liked pink floyd before and i'd liked uh, killing jokes one of my favorite bands never really noticed that there was a keyboard player in that black sabbath never really noticed as a keyboard player so my my story i think i've told it before but i i'll tell a short version of it is i'd gone to the pub with some mates and uh, this guy stewart said do you want to come back to my place for a smoke so we went back to his place um, and then kind of sat and did that. And then he said, um, I've got... This was tobacco, of course. Uh, I've got I've got this synthesizer. Do you want to check it out? So I went in his um, utility room where, and he put this SH-101 on top of a washing machine, plugged it in, gave me a set of headphones. Everyone else sat in the front room uh, being... Uh, what's the word? Uh, yeah, you know, Thoughtful. socializing. That's, yeah, socializing. <laughs> And I spent maybe two and a half hours on top of this washing machine with an SH-101 programming it because it had a little sequencer in it and working out what it could do. And then he said, oh, I'm going to Africa for six months. Do you want to borrow it? And that was it. The guitar just leant against the wall, and I borrowed a drum machine off someone else, and I just started making records or not, or well, demo tapes with um, with synthesizers and drum machines. And I think I bought an MC-T02 to... Uh, to program my bass lines and everything else and then uh, synced it all to a POSTEX S- X15 and then basically learned how to layer things and get the levels right because you always had to bounce, 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 and bounce. Um, yeah. So it, there was oh, no nice. particular keyboard player that really floated <laughs> my boat. It was that guy, Stuart. <laughs> Thanks, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, Steve, what about you? you- well, do you know i I could almost put a date on it, except I can't. I remember the first time that I heard uh, Gary Newman's cars. this is something this is a tune that I played I've talked about a lot. Yeah. um and I just remember as what would I have been like nine or ten? Um, it just blew my tiny mind. And I remember just thinking, what is this? Um, and then I saw the video that goes with that song and then there was all these keyboards there. And then there was, you know, there was Gary flying down a whole string of uh, polymogues, which all looked very good. So I remember um, asking my dad, where do I get one of those? I think he was slightly concerned about the price. So he told me to go and have a look at the uh, organ centre on Wedding High Street down in Southeast London, where I'm from. And so I went down there, um, and I had—I remember having a conversation as a, like a 10-year-old, trying to explain which one of these huge organs, home organs, sounds like the Gary <laughs> Newman record. Uh, that didn't <laughs> really get me very far. Uh, but so it, from, from then on, um, I... I, I discovered on a completely unrelated uh, uh, trip up to central London that there was a shop on Soho Square called the Soho Synth House. And you could go in there. I, You know, guys, I, I even remember the smell. You could go in there and it was full of machines like this but from Mm, the early 80s. I had all the classics in there. And there was about, there was one summer, must have been summer 1980, I suspect, where I went up there on my own every Saturday and just hung out in that shop, dreamy of the day that I could afford just one of them. Um, And in the end, just like uh, Mark, I ended up getting an SH-101. I think it would have been a couple of years later. Um, But yeah, never looked back.
0: Nice. Mm. I was trying to, I was thinking about this actually. I think uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, instances for me because I, I started out listening to kind of, uh, I guess, what, sort of jazz, not well, yeah, stuff like um, Weather Report and Frank Zappa was sort of my, my youth. But perhaps before that, I think the, it's got to be Vince Clark, it's probably Depeche Mode's first single, New Life. And I, that that was like oh my goodness. And then I then I developed an interest in synthesizers, and I started, and I and I couldn't afford any of it. And I was looking at um, the uh, EMMT, whatever it was, the, the initial magazine where they had a build your own synth on the front, and it had kind of like a Space Invader style buttons for a keyboard. And I couldn't afford that. And uh, you know, but that I think it's got to be so. It's Vince Clark. Absolutely. So early Depeche Mode. I remember going on a holiday, a PGL holiday, with a bunch of mates, which is like a camping holiday. Well, it's more like a prison camp for children, where they uh, where you camp and they have a disco and it's all kind of fairly socially brutal. And I remember um, that came on in the disco and I was like, "Wow, what's that? I need to I need to make sounds like that." And that must have been about fourteen, maybe. So I think they they're probably responsible. But then later, George Duke all that sort of lot, you know, and uh, and and then I was off. But uh, yeah, right. I think we have to call it a day. Uh, we've been, we have actually been uh, going for a while. I've got a, I'm 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 about to go on a trip to IKEA to find a dining room table. So uh, I really need to, uh, <laughs> I need to get this finished. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> fully living the life. But I want to say thank you everybody for joining us, Charles. It's lovely to have you. Thank you for persevering with your internet. I hope uh, are you around for a while, or you're back on the road imminently, or you get to enjoy your studio. What's what What's what's
3: happening with you? Well, if I can get my autofocus to work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah first. I'm, I'm I've got I've got I've got a lot of work coming. So this studio I've turned into uh, let's see if I can get it to focus. This studio I've turned into a residential studio. So it has, you know, the the mix yeah. room, but I've also got uh, separate from the house, I have residence place for so I have my first residential client is coming in next week. Um, and then I've got quite a lot of mixing going on, but uh, I don't go out on tour again until until the end of summer. So that's nice. Oh
0: right. Okay. So you got so plenty of time. Nice. I,
3: I'm writing a lot of stuff and I'm you know, I have this the I have my YouTube channel, the Chickie of Chicky and Coco. Um, I'm just secretly submitting songs onto their like at least one a week. I'm trying to do trying to get up to about two to three songs a week and it's so I'm just doing a body of work. That's all I'm doing. You're writing and, and two I'm, or three songs a week. Uh, yeah writing, writing and wow uh, and submitting a video of it um wow yeah so i do, the, Finish, I do these little eye candy videos.
0: finishing two or three songs a week right okay
3: yeah well <laughs> writing and finishing no no writing and finishing yeah yeah uh, and wow. and the video uh, so I, I try to i try to get at least one out by monday uh so i just posted one the other day and um I'm, I, so i'm just trying to just i want to have a whole body of work by the end of the end of the year and then i'm going to sort of coalesce it all into something bigger but uh yeah cool. i'm just and i'm mostly doing it for me i'm mostly doing it for me yeah so uh nice. and it, if people like it go. great i think i've got like 40 40 views <laughs> of my average video so it's like i'm not i'm well, not I have really to send, promoting send us the yet, link
0: though. and we'll see if we can find it but uh, okay. okay all right thank you very much charles uh lovely to see you and uh mr tinley lovely to have you on uh hopefully we'll have you on again soon uh and see you again in person nice to nice to see you what are you Indeed. up
2: to What am I up to? I've gone. I am writing music. I've been trying to write the same song since before Gina was ill, and then I've. There's that thing, isn't it? They always say if you can have one hit song, that will set you up for life. Although I don't have the larger body of my life left, Uh, I've. I figure I should just work on the same song until I've got it absolutely spot on. I've been learning to sing for the last. I don't know, seven or eight years. And I finally figured out how to stop trying to sound like everyone else. And you have to be you. If you're not you, you it doesn't matter. The moment you're trying to emulate anyone else, you're just somebody, uh, you know, you're a, you're a second uh, a step away from uh, the magic that makes somebody unique or whatever. So I I sort of like trying to like step into my true self We've got to do this. Well, that's, psychiatrist, quite like. Challenging but interesting. <laughs> um, so then when I finished recording my vocal, I want to um I want to send the vocal to loads of people without actually playing them the track and just go like here, write a song or write a chord structure underneath the vocal and, and then uh, release it as an album of maybe a dozen different versions, but with but with the music underneath the vocal written by other people. So that's mm, what I'm up to at the moment. Interesting idea.
0: Well, lovely to have you again. Anyway, um, and Mr. Steve Hillier, I know you're busy. Um, I'm guessing you're uh, you're flitting between a number of different roles. Uh, any musical stuff on the horizon for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Um, so I've got a, a couple of things that I'm going to be releasing over the Easter period. Um, I'm actually I'm off to South Africa next week um, for a little while, which is uh, um, you know quite a trip really. Uh, but when I came back um, there. I'm, I'm doing uh, a release from a sort of an occasional project that I've got going, which is called Brighton Cassette Club, um, which is um, – uh, a whole collection of different songs with different singers, it's, uh, almost like a kind of uh, Massive Attack or This Mortal Coil or Disclosure, depending on <laughs> how old you are, if you get a reference. Um, it's that kind of thing. So that's kind of nice. And also, um, I've been going through my archive here of unreleased songs from my old band Dubstar, which was uh, mainly active in the 90s, which is, uh, uh, it's been really nice to revisit this stuff, but it's there's just an extraordinary amount that, um, has never seen the light of day. And it's been really nice to just stick these things up on YouTube and write a little blog post just explaining uh, the story behind each individual song. It's, it's In some ways, it's a bit like writing your memoirs, uh, you know, but I'm hoping I've still got a fair amount of life left in me, you know. I'm hop- <laughs> I'd I'm say hoping, so. you so. Know, I'm getting the memoirs so. in early, let's put it like that.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So, um, well, so, yeah, that's lovely. what's coming up. Excellent. Well, lovely to have all of you. Thank you, everybody, in the chat rooms and watching live. Don't forget to check out uh, the EMOM uh, and all the stuff that's there. We've got some great acts. Um, As I say, it'll be coming up soon, and uh, the Trigon 6 review, and we've got some other things in the pipeline. But that's it for this time. Thank you very much. We will see you all. I think, is this the right button? Yes, it is the right button. We'll see you all um, in the next one. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now.